Welcome to Everyday Entrepreneurs Everywhere with your host, Chris Parker. And welcome to Everyday Entrepreneurs Everywhere. And I have an amazing entrepreneur coming in from Mexico. I think you're in Mexico at the moment. That's, I think that's where you oftentimes are, Pepe. Uh, Pepe, Tom, and I met actually on a um, yeah, a global innovation challenge when we were on the same team. And, and later, through the Purpose Alliance at PurposeAlliance.org, we uh, both went through the Exponential Innovator certific- Certification, hard word, uh, process together and, uh, and have, have been uh, connected. And so I'm really delighted to really learn more about Pepe. Um, you know, for the next next thirty minutes or so. So, Pepe, um, can you please share what do you do, and why do you do it? Yeah, thank you very much, yeah. Chris, for inviting me to this conversation. Uh, well, I am Peruvian, yeah, uh, and I left my country probably twenty four years ago. Uh, my family and myself we have moved nine times in different, different countries, different cities. Mm-hmm. Uh, since I was probably 13, I, I, I've been always focused to try to contribute from my corner and my surroundings in, in improving the world. That's, mm-hmm. that's my motivation in, in general. Uh, I studied industrial engineering, but I also love uh, systems. So I study how to program a computer, right? So uh, I understood different languages on my own. Uh, and then I understood that business is business. So I, I follow a, an MBA and a lot of different mm-hmm. courses on technology and improvement, uh, especially human development. Because I believe that you always team in order to achieve results. And if you don't know how to relate and how to be a team member, it's very tough to really achieve results together, right? Yeah. So uh, since I am now in my 50s, uh, I also learn some different things and I continue learning. Uh, after we finished the, the innovator, the exponential innovator, mm-hmm. I just launched this week with Francisco on the mentor launchpad certification. Yeah. So it would be Congratulations. Congratulations, by the way. There's a lot of people that applied for that and uh, you were one of the lucky ones that got into it. Congratulations. I am very lucky. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. yeah. And I am very very honored and I believe it's a privilege to really be part of that team to learn in general, right? And mm-hmm. what I do is really a business transformation strategy coaching. Uh, the company that invited me to get out of Peru in order to know the, the world a little bit, in, in this case, Mexico is called Softech. And I spent like five years with them. I, I, I really enjoy a lot to do international business with them. They moved me to Mexico to be the chief technology officer. Mm-hmm. And they moved me to the U.S. to do uh, the vice president of e-business. I, do, I did different alliances with Ernst & Young for consulting, then with OEO Technology Solutions for another venture with Canada in the north and then in Mexico in the south and, of course, served the U.S., which is a very big market. And then I went into consulting for eight years with KPMG Consulting. And I really love uh, a lot on, on, on trying to migrate from programming to really do management consulting and understand the strategy behind the programs that companies do. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
after going into a management consulting career for the past 15 years, I, I went to a university. I mm -hmm. received an invitation to, to help uh, Monterrey Tech, the university, uh, to really transform the educational uh, way of doing things. And it was really a huge challenge, and I loved the challenge. I really loved the project, so I committed with them uh, with six years working in doing the transformation mm -hmm. of education. Uh, and I really trust the project. So my, my two kids, they are studying at Monterey Tech right now. Mm. And while I, I was at the university, uh, I also founded my own company. It's called Umami Solutions. Okay. Uh, one of my hobbies is to cook. Yeah. So uh, Umami is the, the fifth flavor, right? Mm -hmm. When you cook, you learn that when you do a different combination of different flavors, you have a new flavor. So I believe that my company should, should work on the co-design of the flavors that companies probably are missing. Mm -hmm. And that could be their own soul, right? Mm. So uh, my, my, my entrepreneurship is really devoted to only three customers a year. So I really choose them very carefully. And the objective is to do really advisory to the board in order to co to first introduce them to exponential organizations, concepts, and then if they agree and they want to do it, to help them in the in the roadmap to really connect to abundance and try to improve the world. Yeah, that that is very important for me in order to choose those customers. You and and you do it so joyfully because because we've interacted quite a few times and and somehow you have this positivity about you, this beaming, you know. A gleam or sparkle in your eye, um, you know, st staying moving, staying creative. Um, how do you, how do you manage your energy like that? It's it's uh, it's really inspirational to to work near you and with you. How, um, what motivates you that way? Thank you, thank you very much. Um, when I was at the at the university, we, we, we normally held an annual meeting with the board members. And the university has, this university is a non-for-profit and really it works uh, like a company in terms that they have a board of counselors because these counselors give money in order to fund the university. And the main entrepreneurs of the country are really behind the university. So we report to a board and they, they have this annual board meeting. And the first year, they invited Thomas Friedman. Mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and it was very interesting because I had a chance to talk to him. And he, I really connected with, with something he told me and he shared with us. And I believe it's kind of my energy because he told, he told us, you need to have a mindset in order to really... You know, Thomas Friedman wrote, the world is flat, yeah. but then he added, and it's hyper-connected, and then he added, and it is fast, right? Yeah. So in this world, which is flat, hyper-connected, and fast, the CIO of the university has that problem. And he asked, mm. who's the CIO? And I was like, myself. And he told me, you have a problem. I had told him, only one? Yeah. yeah <laughs> because yeah. I, I really had a bunch of them. But I learned that, that I, I didn't realize that really my, my, my first mindset is to be an immigrant. Because immigrant. I am Peruvian, okay. an immigrant, 
right? Because yeah. I left my country 24 years ago, but then I moved from uh, Peru to Mexico, and then from Mexico to the U.S., and then from the U.S. to Brazil, and then back going back to U.S., and then go to Monterrey, and then go to Mexico City, and now, now I am in Monterrey again, and what you learn when you move countries is that when you go to a new country, you're a ghost. You do not exist. Hmm. If you try to do your life, for example, the first thing is your credit, right? You don't have a credit. You don't even hmm. have a, a driver's license. And those are the two things that when you go to a new country, they ask for you. Hmm. And if you don't have those two, you do not exist. And then everything is difficult. Mm -hmm. So when you are a, an immigrant, you need to be, you need to see beyond sight. You need, mm. you need to discover opportunities. You need to de do the right things right from the first time. Yeah, yeah. And you are, you've lived the, the same, right? Yeah, no, exactly. So I've, I've, you are I've, living in Europe and you are not from there, but now your heart is from there, right? Mm. So I also have a heart, a Brazilian heart, a Mexican heart, a US heart, mm. and of course my Peruvian one. So uh, you love the world, right? Mm. And you need to focus on trying to understand what are the opportunities that are there and how you, you can connect with them. And if you do that, you need to also be like an artist with passion. Mm -hmm. An artist has a passion. Inspirations come from that passion. And that is the bright in your eyes. Yeah. Because if, if you're not inspired like, like an artist, you cannot do stuff. So but let, also, let, yeah, you need go. to be humble like a servant, like a waiter, right? Mm -hmm. When you are in a restaurant and you have a server or a waiter, uh, they need to be sensible. They need to be empathetic with you. They need to be very customer-oriented. They are not the owners of the restaurant. They are not the chef, no. but they serve you. Yeah. And if you ask for a cup of a glass of wine, they decide how much wine they give you. Yeah. If you order uh, a dish and, and you love the sauce, it's their decision to give you more sauce if you yeah. love it. If you have a, your little kid with you and he's crying, they will do something, some joke mm. in order mm. to be empathetic with them, right? So, Pepe, where does your passion come from? You know, because we talked a lot about the you're motivated to improve the world around you. If I remember that, that from, from earlier, it's probably something related to your, your MTP, your massive transformative purpose. Where does it, what, what was the original spark or, or what, what is the, why is this important to you? And because clearly you are passionate. So where, where does, what is the, what is the engine or the, uh, the source of that? I believe that the passion comes from to be always humble and to always learn. Um, it's very important to be very sensible, to be very sensitive to your surroundings. Mm -hmm. it, my last name is Tam, and Tam is an Oriental, a Chinese mm -hmm. uh, last name. And what I learned from my dad is to, wherever I was, I need to listen to the context mm. and, and try to understand the needs. And if I can do that, something about it, help. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you in the Oriental culture, you don't need somebody to ask you to help. You just help. Yeah. Because because it's part of your culture, mm -hmm. right? Uh, it's like when you're a cook, right? 
not a chef, because the chef, of course, I love to be a chef because you need to create stuff uh, in order to surprise your uh, the people you are going to feed in mm -hmm. order to give them an experience with different textures and different flavors, right? But when you're a cook, uh, you receive the ingredients and you need to do your magic in order to deliver something magical to the people who's going to eat your food. So you are more humble, right? And you are more sensitive because you don't decide what to buy. You just receive the ingredients and you need to do the magic in two hours in order to feed some people in a restaurant, right? So I believe that that inspiration is very important because you need to do the best from where you are with the limitations that you see. Mm -hmm. uh, and of course, over time, you learn more things. In my case, because I am older, <laughs> probably, mm -hmm. but, but you need to give the best you can in the limitations of the situation. You don't have a lot of time to do things perfect. You, no. have, you have the time to do the best you can do. And that's very important as a mindset for me in order to really be inspired and, and work. Yeah. So, so right now you have Umami, your, your own. Are you still with Softec then as well? Or? Uh, yes. Yeah. With Softec, when I, when I was invited to join Softec, I was invited to join as, as a stakeholder. So I, over time, I put some, some real money to the mm -hmm. company. Mm -hmm. And despite, I, let's say, I worked at Softec only for five years, from 95 to 2000. And then I learned about consulting in, in KPMG Consulting, then with IBM Global Business Services, yep. then with Morris, right? But then uh, I, I always was related with Softec because when you are a stakeholder, you have friends and you develop a friendship with your partners mm -hmm. in, or, in order to do business and give value to your customers. So we, we always been in touch and when they when they learned that I was going to get out of the university like six months before I, I really went out, they invited me to come back and to give value on digital transformation, which, uh, which was one, one of the areas I learned a lot of different things. And I told them, I told them no. <laughs> okay. I told them I, wa I wanted to really make Umami my company. Mm -hmm. But then they told me, yes, but you're, you're still a stakeholder from Softex. So, why don't you come back and help us as a stakeholder, right? And, and they, have, they were right. Uh, I could divide my time between these two. And I chose to continue with Umami with a limited service only to treat, treat customers. Mm -hmm. and in my contract with Softec, of course, there is a non-conflict of interest between the two customers. Because in Softec, I do projects. And in Umami, I do coaching. Mm -hmm. And only two boards. Yeah. So it's, it's really a different market. And they are very complementary because what I learned sure. in one place helped the other and, and vice versa, right? So uh, I really have these two jobs that absorb a lot of my time, but still I find time to do some more stuff like Purpose Alliance. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I really enjoy doing things that give you passion. Yeah. Tell me about, about um, Purpose Alliance for, for those that... that <clears throat> that aren't aware is a relatively new community. You can find it at purposealliance.org and they do a number of things. Um, where it started was really amazing. They just call them global challenges where teams from all over the world come together um, with a coach 
Um, I've been a coach. I've been a participant on these um, myself. And it, they're, they're themed. And so, you know, it's something about, you know, I think the one that we met was, was really targeted on COVID response. Um, I've also done, um, you know, unemployment. There's a, there's a, a unity, you know, sparked by Black Lives Matters coming up. Um, but there's hundreds of people that, that come together in these teams of, let's say, eight to 12 on these little little pods or groups or teams. Um, and over a number of hours, they, they go through a structured process and come up with really incredible innovative ideas. And then from there, the, the question was what to do with these innovative ideas. And that's where the purpose launchpad method came. And uh, Pepe and, and I have both contributed to that, that launchpad methodology, which is, which is, I think, really incredible. And now there is the first um, purpose launchpad certification coming up and you're in that, that first cohort. But it, it, it takes three months. It's serious, serious work. You know, this is not a paper certificate. Um, you're challenged, you're learning, you're going to have to do some extra, you know, some, some real work. Um, what motivates you to sacrifice or invest um, so significantly um, in that domain? Like, like uh, uh, you know, I, I imagine there's intellectual interest, but my feeling is there's, there's probably something more going on with you. Um, why are you doing that? Yeah, well, the purpose of Purpose Alliance is to empower extraordinary people mm. to create the future. Mm. And when I met them, I really, let's say, first I met, uh, the way I, I was introduced into the exponential organization was because when I was at the university as the CIO and the digital transformation director, one of the the best uh, entrepreneurs of Mexico, he's really a millionaire, multi-billion different companies. He got an invitation to invest on Singularity University. Mm -hmm. And he told one of his directors that I was working with him as, as part, as a mentor in, in the technology and processes uh, optimization. And he called us, Hector and myself, and he told us, look, I received this letter from Peter Diamandis. I need you both to go to Silicon Valley for one week and meet this Peter Diamandis guy and understand what he's thinking about. And, and I would love your recommendation on what are your insights on that week work with him in order to invest, if, if who should invest? My company should invest, I should invest personally, or the university should invest. That's why you from the university, Pepe, are good at doing. I, mm -hmm. I work with him for the past 12 years as a, as a consulting uh, advisor. Mm -hmm. So uh, we did a, a lot of projects to benefit his company and to give them value. So it was very nice for him to invite me and the university to allow me to go for a week to Xprize. So I met Peter. He gave me a crash course of one day on abundance, on moonshots, and on wow. exponential just to having that uh, having that opportunity is already incredible so yeah it, yeah it was yeah. incredible to let's say i was not in a course i was uh, understanding his insights in order to really uh, give my my word of recommendation on investing right at the end of the week uh, i recommend to invest the university and the university invested 30 million dollars in singularity for that but i I connected with Peter, so I joined Abundance Digital, 
And mm -hmm. then I got an invitation from Abundance Digital to go to OpenXO. And in OpenXO, I met Francisco. And well, I met Francisco as, a, as an attendant, really, not him in person. But mm -hmm. I, I really like the way he thought and his proposal. I already read his two books, well, the book from Salim and also the book from Salim and him. Mm -hmm. So after reading bo both and after working a couple of years, because this was back in 15, 2015, in 2017 to 19, I began working doing consulting on Exponential without a certificate. Mm -hmm. uh, well, it's then, a book. Anyone can read it and, and you can benefit from it. Yeah. If, you, yeah. if you want a bit more structure, there's some certifications available and support. But yeah. uh, now, now with COVID, I... I um, I stopped traveling a little bit. I decided to begin my certifications. Mm. So I just, I just finished the three certification from OpenExo. Just last week, we finished the EXO coach certification. And because I met Francisco, I thought this Purpose Alliance looks like interesting, right? So mm -hmm. I, I met, I, I joined three challenges as a participant. Uh, when I met you, you were my second challenge. The mm -hmm. first one was the COVID-19 Mexico. Then I joined, because I am Peruvian, and I invited my friends from Peru to join the COVID-19 Peru. Of course, I needed to be there, too. And then I thought I would like the experience of an international, a global one. And mm -hmm. that's, that's when we met. Yep. And I also continued the launchpad in two of the three endeavors. And then I really met, I really found my home in Purpose Alliance. Because uh, in OpenExo, I don't know why people want to monetize. They are there for an interest. They, they join OpenExo because they want to monetize on their certification. Mm -hmm. And I was not looking for that. I already have a career. I already have uh, two works. So I don't need to monetize, right? Yeah. I, let's say I am already monetizing on two endeavors. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't need a community that helped me monetize. I don't looking for more customers. But in Purpose Alliance, is different because it's people with, that has the same purpose on, on trying to understand and read the signals of the world today in order to contribute together for something bigger than you, that maybe from your corner, you can help somebody else. Mm -hmm. And that's, a, that's my home. So I believe Purpose Alliance is a community that is my home. Oh, of, lovely. Of people like yeah. me that really yeah. are looking forward to do something bigger than them, like myself. Yeah, well, on, on the open EXO side, I, again, I'm not really close to uh, the whole story, but I think that monetization um, comes up because the, uh, even from the beginning, open EXO really wonderfully has been a bit experimental, like how will this thing work? And part of that experimental aspect, I, I think, just observing was, what would be the business model? How is it sustainable? You know, is, is it consulting and, or, or not? Um, and so already at the formation of that, at least that's my recollection, there was a question of what is the business model of this? Where's the revenue streams? How will value be created and shared? And that's where they came up with the, um, the you know, the XO coin, uh, uh, you know, the digital coin. And, you know, so there's a lot of experimentation there, but it, there is a commercial dimension to that for sure. And what I see, you know, Francisco and, and, you know, Karina and the others at Purpose is they seem to have designed it to um, almost be a B Corp or, or a, a, um, I don't, it's not really nonprofit, I don't think, but um, 
that question is not there. It's like, okay, we're not here to get rich. We're not here to um, monetize. And so it does have a different environment to it. For, personally, for myself, I, I do like playing with both communities because there's it's yeah. sort of two sides, yin and yang. It's sort of a, 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 a exactly. two, two types of the energy. <laughs> I, am, um, I am doing the same. Yeah. And now in OpenXO, they are trying to also rethink themselves. And yeah. I, am, I am participating in order to also collaborate with that. And I believe it's the way they were born, right? Because OpenEXO uh, born after EXO works, right? Yep. And of course, they, they began with certifications, and certifications are not cheap. <laughs> no. So I believe that that's the reason because people is, are, they are looking forward to monetize, right? But I, yep. I, I believe uh, we need to be humble and we need to learn that after a course of six weeks, you cannot become a consultant. Mm. You, need, you, you really need to work more do more field work before you really are a, a consultant, right? Yeah. That, that's something you learn over time because a consultant is kind of a doctor of, of business doctor. Yeah. And, and, and doctors, they study yeah. for 10 years, not for six months mm. or six months, right? So it's a process, right? Yeah. You need to invest some time there and work. Yeah. I, I, would, I would love to... Um here you've shared with me before so I'm, I'm 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 going to very selfishly bring it up because i like hearing about it um you've used the simplicity scan and, and i've seen that you know from from ebullient and my dream for that was you know you called it a business doctor but it's more of a coaching tool than a consulting tool you know coaches are asking the questions and maybe consultants are giving the answers and and what i've attempted to do and it's still very much evolving with the, the, the simple uh, simplicity scan is to have very well structured questions. Um, so it's almost like a business doctor in a box that allows people ideally in, in isolation to be confronted and triggered, um, st stimulate new thinking, ideally stimulate new dialogue and discussion between people in order to find well, innovative, fresh, new ways to, to get things done. So um, can you share a little bit of, of what you have seen or felt when you uh, use the Simplicity Scan? Yes. Um, are you familiar with the VUCA acronym? VUCA. VUCA. Yeah, the volatile, uncertain, volatile, complex, uncertain. ambiguous. Yes, absolutely. And, um, well, I... I thought about it. I learned about this in the Institute for the Future from Bob Johansen. And I always tell people that you need to be VUCA in order to beat VUCA. And yep. you know the other VUCA? No, tell me. The other VUCA is, let's say, you have volatility, you need to have a vision. Yep. And I always use the example of the mountain Everest, right? For me, the Everest is an example of VUCA because... If you want to climb it, there is no recipe in order to climb the Everest, right? Mm. The, the climate changed so fast, it doesn't matter how many Sherpas will help you, each time mm. is different, right? So it's really very volatile, but there is no way you cannot view the mountain, the top of the mountain, right? Yeah. So you maintain a, vi a vision, you have your focus, the one you have in a bullion, right? Yeah. Vision is focus. You need to have a focus and if you have a very clear vision, then you can communicate that focus to your team. So it's not only for yourself because you are a lead. 
So you need to communicate that focus to your team and you will not be lost. Mm. Then it comes uncertainty. And then you have your understanding. Mm. Because if you, you know that the top of the mountain is there. You understand what to do in order to climb. There's no way you cannot do it. You know how to deliver. You understand what to deliver. Mm. But then it comes complexity and then you need clarity. You need this very clear and your clarity need to be simple. Right? Yep. So this, this clarity uh, is don't be afraid to divide and conquer. Sometimes complexity mix stuff and you need to go to the root mm -hmm. in order to make it simple because there is no complex things. You need to see beyond sight in order to understand the simplicity mm -hmm. and then clarity comes to you, right? Mm -hmm. And of course, there is the ambiguity and then you need agility, yeah. which is what you need to grow, right? This agility is the way you design stuff. If you design things with a flexible possibility, if you understand the business and you can componentize the business mm -hmm. and make them flow alone and join an ecosystem, then you have this simplicity in order to be agile, right? Mm. For, so I always work with this buka word on, on, the, on the tough side, but also in the simple side. And when I met uh, your simplicity approach, it connected. <laughs> mm. to me. Wow. Right? Because focus, growth, and delivery. Let's say in your case, you have three. I had four. Yeah. <laughs> so yours were more simple. I love yeah. it. Wow. That's awesome. I, it, it was just such a pleasure listening to you reflect back on that um, from your perspective and your, and your wisdom and your experience. So that, that thank you so much for sharing. Is, is, the, is the second VUCA, the vision, understanding, clarity, agility, is that your creation? Is that something that you came up with? No, that's something I learned from Institute for the Future. Okay. Uh, when I met Bob Johansson, that was in 2002. Yeah. Then I came back to him when, when, when I was invited to the university to work there, I made an appointment with him in Santa Ana because mm -hmm. I, I knew he was going to do a, a seminar there. And I went to an event very close. So I contacted him and he was just launching his second version of the book, um, the different characteristic of a leader for the future. Mm -hmm. So I, I brought my, my first draft strategy plan for the university to him. And I told him, look, Bob, I am now in a university. I am working as the CIO. It's the first time I am not a consultant. I am already operating. And I would like your insight on my plan, right? And he told me, wow, you are, I recommend 10 attributes and you have eight of them in your plan. And I was like, oh, I am missing two. And he told me, no, you're crazy. You cannot do more than two or three at the same time. Yeah. So you have too much. Nobody could digest that amount of change. So you need to go in three phases onto the eight ones mm. you have here, right? So, and he told me about Buka. And he told me about the, of course, the, the second book. And I was like, wow. So I make it part of myself. Yeah. That, that's how I met this. Yeah. Um, lovely. So I, I love a link to that, that 
Institute for the Future. I've not heard of that before, but um, I'm going to uh, steal this because I love it. And I will give uh, him and you credit when I use it. And uh, um, no, because I love, the, I love the, the, when I'm working a lot on, and we're way over time right now, but I'm just enjoying this. So sorry, everyone, if you were expecting 30 minutes, we're, we're beyond 30 minutes and we're going to keep going. Um, when I'm um, working on, on digital strategy, um, oftentimes for corporates, what I'm championing is, is don't ask me for a digital strategy. Um, discuss with me and with the market, ideally, how can you digitize your business strategy? So instead of coming up with a, a separate document, and what I love about this is this is a, an excellent lens to take the market dynamics of VUCA um, and you know, vision, understanding, clarity, and agility, those are excellent levers in which to digitize because don't go digital or don't introduce technology without having that vision of what you're trying to achieve. You know, so don't, don't go hobbyism and go in, install just crazy stuff because it's in vogue or it's, you know, it's, it sounds like it's fun. Maybe, maybe you can do that innovatively in a corner or something like that. But, and if you, digitize or automate without understanding, then you'll just be making crap go faster, you know, and, and that's not the intent, you know, so, you know, you're just going to throw junk at the wall even faster. And, and um, so, you know, have that, that deep understanding of what is actually trying to happen. And, and on the clarity side, I think I would connect that to customer, you know, so um, if you have that internal vision, the understanding of, of, of how things work, and then what's the clarity of the, of the job to be done or the mission, you know, that would, I think that would be, you, you tied it to simplicity, which I really like. Um, but if you, if you tie it to what the customer wants, you know, that's, you know, in spirit of lean and, and renew, removing waste, then that automatically uh, simplifies. And the, the agility part, I think, is really that mindset, which is don't, don't be stuck and move and be open and, and, and be aware. So that is just... An amazing gift, Pepe. I'm I'm so happy that you shared that. Um, thank you so much. But we are sadly out of time. Um, um, I will put in the show notes. Uh, also, you can find at purposealliance.org about these challenges and the certifications. For Pepe, you can find him on LinkedIn at Jose Tom. Um, the, I'll put that link in in the show notes as well. Um, Thank you so much. Is there any other way that people can get a hold of you, Pepe? <laughs> no, that that's a way to, to yeah. do it. And and we have the future of unity, the first challenge on on trying to being sensible to each other yep. in two weeks. So you are just in time to join the future of unity. Invite yep. everybody that yep. that is this to yep. join together. Yeah. Okay. Thank you very so much, Chris. I really enjoy very much talking to you. In two weeks, let's give them a date because I'm not sure if this will be published yet. Yeah, 29th 29th of August. 29th of August. That's like a week and a half. It's in my agenda as well. So if this is published before the 29th of August, please join the Future of Unity um, challenge. And if not, um, go to purposealliance.org and find a, a, another challenge to join. So, <laughs> outstanding. Pepe, thank you so much. Um, thank you very much, yeah. Grace. Learn more at ebillion.com slash podcast.